Well, let's, let's move right in on this first uh, subject we have for this week. And I want to, uh, here, here's a problem with me and technology. I had something here that I wanted to pull up for you parents. And I'm going to find it in a minute. Go ahead and turn to uh, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, the first chapter. And uh, let me see where I want to go with this. And nope, that's not where I want to go with this. So just, I'll, I'll get there. It'll be worth the wait, all right? So uh, <laughs> let, me, let me, here it is. This is what I want. And it really has nothing to do with what I'm going to teach. But we've kind of got a new format. So parents, everybody, will, I want to make sure you know what to do. Uh, if you have a boy or a girl in the, uh, that is three or four years old, they're going to be picked up at the end of service tonight. You'll pick them up in the three-year-old room. That's the room ex- directly behind us right here. If you exit and turn right into that first hall, it's right there. Okay, three and four-year-olds, you'll pick them up there. Boys and girls, uh, K through fourth grade girls, there is modular three. You, as you come down from the parking lot, modular three, that's where you'll pick K through fourth grade girls up at the end of, this, of our time together tonight, modular three. Fifth grade girls, they're, they're in the kitchen back here, and they're not cooking, they're having class, all right? But they're in the kitchen. And then K through second grade boys are going to be picked up in modular one, the first modular, just so parents know where to go, everybody's happy and safe and good. And then third through fifth grade boys are in modular four. So you don't have to remember all that, just where your guys or girls are. Everybody get that? All right? Three to four-year-old boys and boys and girls here in the three-year-old room in this building, immediately right here. Uh, K through four, fourth grade girls, modular three. Fifth grade girls, kitchen. K through second grade boys, modular one. Third through fifth grade boys, modular four. All right? So we're good on that. And uh, can't wait to build our next building for these kids. Amen? And get them in there. So tonight, we're going to look at a tough question uh, that is increasingly impacting everything in our culture today, and that's homosexuality. Uh, I want to say a couple of things here tonight as, as we get started. It's very important for us to be able, and, and I'll, I'll speak to this a little more just as an introduction, to be able to look at these issues and have answers as a church. It really doesn't matter what I think or somebody else thinks. What matters, what does God say? And, and how do we communicate that to bring hope to people, all right? How do we share hope to someone that's sincerely struggling with an issue in their life? There's always going to be radical voices on one end or the other. And let me be real honest with you. I'm, I really don't think I'll affect that tonight. But what I'm looking for is a church that sincerely wants to help people that are struggling to find answers in their life. And I also want to help people that may be dealing with homosexuality like we would any other issue, and they really want to find the truth and the answer in their life. That's where, that's, that's where we're going. There, there are going to be people, maybe at this point in time, that are in the homosexual lifestyle, that they're not ready or willing to, you know, to, to look at God's Word. And, and so we pray that God will bring them to that place. Uh, there may be people that, uh, under the name of Jesus, I want to be very just clear and open with you, that say they hate homosexuals or they, uh, in a lot of words, that's wrong as a Christian. I, I want to make a couple of statements. I want you to get this. God doesn't love anybody on this planet more than another. We are kept from his love by being Christians or not Christians. But he loves us equally. I need you to understand something. He doesn't love you anymore than he loves somebody else. Okay? He doesn't love someone less than he loves you sitting in his room tonight. So we need to understand how that operates. It's very clear. It doesn't, again, our rebellion or sin in any category that we're not serving God, we're not believers, that separates us from the love he'd like to give us. Okay? So if somebody says God loves us all, that's true. But that doesn't mean he condones what we do. There's a big difference in that. 
So he does love everyone, but he doesn't condone what we do. In fact, I want to, you need to understand this. I don't believe God, well, he can't. If he loves everyone, he can't hate anyone. If God loves everyone, God doesn't hate anyone. Or am I, are we, all right. So he hates some of the things we do. The Bible says that. He calls some things an abomination. He, he calls some things, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, God, there are things God says he hates. Things that actions people do. But I want you to understand, he doesn't hate people. And, 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 and as a Christian, if we say we hate someone because we're a Christian, we, we've gotten off track. We, we're going to have to get back in line. All right? You're never going to minister to someone you hate. You're not, it's not the gospel of hate, nor is it the gospel of compromise, but the love of God tells the truth, grace and truth. So this is where we want to begin. And let me say, this doesn't only apply to homosexuality. It's, it's, it's uh, many areas, all right? So, so here's what I want to do. Let me, let me just begin tonight, and, and we're going to start. So where are we today? Uh, I think the church is accountable if the church does not speak to the issues that are facing us right now. And as the church has become silent about these issues or out of balance promoting uh, discord and hatred, then what's happened, we've left the, the, the floor to the secular voices. If the church isn't willing to do with something, I'm going to, and, and let me say, it's very difficult to talk about homosexuality and sexual purity without saying some words, and I'll be as discreet as I can, that, that you know, we didn't always hear in church, okay? All right, you understand? But if I've got to deal with this, I've got to deal with this. And so I'm going to be as, as uh, delicate and as... Uh, you know, modest as I can. At the same time, it's just the nature of the subject. Uh, I, my grandmother might be rolling over in her grave. That's all I'm going to say at the, at the end of this tonight. You, you, you realize what I'm saying? I'm just going to tell the truth. And, and I, when I get to heaven, she may give me a talk. I'll, it'll be all right, too. But, but I, but I want to help us, all right? And I want to help you. I want to help you help the people that you go to work with, that your kids go to school with that are your neighbors, that are your family members, okay? So I'm going to stick my neck out and say some things that <laughs> some people get rough with, but we're, here we go, all right? So what happens, we have created a void by not speaking, and that concerns me. Who is, who's framing the conversation? So think of this. For every one of us, for every human being, you hear me give altar calls with this all the time. I believe God created in every human being a God-shaped vacuum, that nothing else can fit or satisfy. So thinking about that, everyone, everyone is searching for that. Until we come to Christ, we keep plugging in counterfeits, trying to find out what's going on. So this, this longing is, and particularly, you think about this, people uh, who've experienced pain or rejection or abandonment, particularly from their family, from their fathers, from their mothers, from their peer group, uh, for, for many people, unmet needs, abandonment, hurt, pain, uh, a lot of those things are significant factors. And now I am not going to be a shade tree psychiatrist tonight. And, and, and I don't have all the answers as to why people deal with homosexuality. But over the years, my counseling, my talking, a lot of these issues can affect that early on in a person's life. And so what happens is uh, if the church isn't giving an answer to these issues, then society's giving answers and they're wrong. And what really concerns me now is not only are answers that are, that are not biblically based being given outside the church, now in churches, 
false things are being said about homosexuality and the Word of God. So, so what happens, uh, people's voices are rising and affecting young people. Uh, let, let me read a quote. This is from uh, a church leader, okay? Uh, in, in this, it's called the revisionist gay movement where they're revising terms and definitions. This is what this person said about his own homosexuality. He said, my homosexuality, and I quote, this is why we can't afford to be quiet. This is a leader in a Christian area. My homosexuality is a gift from my creator to be accepted and celebrated and live with integrity. So there's, these are the voices that, that we're dealing with. Now, that's from a calling himself Christian leader. Uh, let, let me read this. This is, this is off the uh, Facebook of a young man I referred to. And, and it's that kind of misguided information that creates these kind of statements. Here's a young man at the Air Force Academy. Uh, his name's not important. He's not our enemy. He's someone we pray for. Uh, he begins his coming out announcement like this. Jeremiah 29, 11 and praying hands. So his announcement that he's gay and he's an Air Force cadet and he plays football is scripture. He says, this is the first sentence. God made me this way for a reason. First sentence. Well, where did we move in society to this? Well, maybe it's people who present themselves as Christian leaders saying, my homosexuality is a gift from my creator to be accepted, celebrated, and live with integrity. Isn't it interesting the words you attach to a lifestyle, integrity, that doesn't agree with the word of God? Right, so I'm trying to. I want you to understand where we are. This this is not in a corner thing. This isn't, and the voices are from many places. And again, how do we respond to that? What I would like to do tonight. That's why I had you turn to Genesis one. Let's look at something that's very important, and and it's what I call God's original intent. In this debate that we're hearing today, I'm going to read several scriptures in just a moment. A lot more to give to you tonight, because it's abundantly clear if we read scripture where we are on this subject. It's, it's the, the question, are we going to honor God or, or twist what his word says? But let's look at original intent. And I believe this is so important and missed so much in this discussion about is homosexuality an acceptable lifestyle? Is it something, as this young man say, God said God created him this way. There's a reason God made him this way. And he's, he's celebrating, it sounds like, a testimony service in a church. Okay? So, so listen to this, Genesis one twenty seven. God's original intent. What was God's design? Now, sin mars God's design in many ways, right? So let's read this. So God created man in his own image. Now, that word man there, I don't want to rattle you, it's probably mankind. You understand? That's a word for all men, yeah, all human race, right? So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So male and female is God's original intent. That was God's design. That, that's, that's what he planned. And I want you to see this. I want you to get something I think we totally miss in this discussion. God said here in his original intent as he created male and female, the Bible says male and female reveals the image of God. Okay? He said, in his image, male and female. So, 
so when the story begins with God creating humanity in his image, male and female, two distinct but complementary creatures made for each other, listen to this, and together man and woman were fashioned to reflect the image and likeness of God. If we remove the uniqueness of male and female and we remove the combination of male and female, we rob the world of the image of God. Does it, do you understand why this may be fought so fiercely? And why some people have no idea why they feel as strong as they do and, 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 and the arguments. Because from the very beginning, God said the design of male and female was His design, designed to be together in an exclusive way that reflects his image and his likeness. Uh, listen to this. Here's a quote. And I won't read many quotes. Male and female together are the fullest picture of the image of God in creation. Think of that. The fullest image of God in all creation is male and female. That's why they need each other. Adam wasn't complete without Eve. In everyday terms, this means that only the difference and the complementary interplay of male and female uniquely reflect the image and likeness of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in their unity, okay? As a result, sexual love between married man and woman is a life-giving act of mutual giving and receiving that mirrors the Godhead like nothing else on earth. Isn't that amazing? We sometimes don't think of that. Male and female together, as God intended, is a picture of the image of God. That's why He created us that way. There's a uniqueness as they come together. So think of this. Marriage throughout Scripture, husband and wife, man and woman marriage, is one of the major themes throughout the Word of God. It is used throughout the Word of God. And it begins, Adam and Eve in the garden. Anybody ever read the Song of Solomon? You know, you, that's in the Bible. and We read that in church. People get mad and leave. I'm, that, that's the Bible. It's male and female. It's this, it's this unique union and, and the capacity and ability that God created. So the whole story of humanity begins with male and female in their uniqueness, reflecting the glory of God. Give me some, a little insight to the mystery of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead. We come to the Song of Solomon and we see this interplay, this, this beautiful thing. And, and then we go to the book of Revelation. What's happening in the book of Revelation? Well, there's finally, it, it winds up what? And, and we see that uh, there's the wedding feast of Christ and his church, his bride. It's a constant theme throughout Scripture. Marriage. It begins and moves through that. Uh, let's look at verse 28 in, in Genesis 1. So verse 27, so God created man in his image and likeness. In his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What's, what happens then? Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase or multiply in number. Fill the earth. And subdue it. So one of the primary purposes, guys, of God's original creation that reveals his image and likeness is something only male and female can do. It's procreate and multiply and increase. So, so you understand, if, if we eliminate this creation of male and female that God made, we lessen his image. We miss something about who he is. And we deny the very purpose of why we're male and female. Okay? Everybody's still with me on this? I'm just trying to lay some grammar. Okay. So, 
because male-female marriage is so central to the existence of the human race, uh, I, I want to say this. Marriage is the most important picture in Scripture of God's relationship with us. Marriage is the most important picture in all of Scripture and how we relate to God. If we mar marriage, we mar our understanding of God. If we don't get marriage between a man and a woman, we, we, we miss some revelation of God. See why Satan fights us? Now, again, I, I, I believe there are sincere people dealing with homosexual feelings. Not sure why. I believe, there, I believe there are people that are attracted to the same sex. And they're dealing with that issue. But there are people dealing with a lot of temptations in this world. Right? Okay, it's a, it's a problem. It's a fall of man. It's a marring of the image of God. It's, it's not understanding the search. What is this empty thing in my life? What am I looking for? It's a result of dysfunction and abuse and, 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 and misplaced affection and, and, and some things people struggle with and say, I've been like this all my life. But when we, when we look at God's original intent and design, it is clear that this male-female relationship is God's intention. That marriage was the very thing God chose to, to, to uh, illustrate his relationship with us. In the Old Testament, you know what? God said he was a husband. Israel was his wife. And even though Israel... This is a terrible time to text me, and I should have my phone off. So Shame on you. So, uh, uh, so even in the Old Testament, God is a husband. Israel is a wife. And think of this. In, in, in uh, situations, and he said it more than once, like in, in the book of Hosea, the, the, the prophet Hosea. Even when Israel was unfaithful to him. And God said, you know, I long for you. I love you. you you're, you're like a wife that's unfaithful to a husband. But he kept on loving the nation. And you remember, and to illustrate this, he had Hosea, the man of God, the prophet, marry Gomer, a prostitute. To, to try to say to the Israel, look at this. My prophet, this holy godly man. Married this prostitute. So I'm trying to show you how much I love you and what you've done to our relationship. That's how much God loves. That's how strong that marriage picture of who he is and who we are. And so, do you know that Hosea married Gomer and Gomer leaves him, goes back into her lifestyle after they have children. And you know, you know what Hosea had to do? Think of the picture of Christ. Marriage, this picture. He had to go to the slave market and buy his wife back. And bring her back in. Well, I heard a great sermon on this. I don't have time to help you work on this, but it's a challenge to the church in this subject. Listen, and, and boy, I heard this, this guy, he, he, his whole sermon was on Hosea and Gomer and what it would have been like in the church today. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Can you imagine the church mothers? If Gomer was a pastor's wife? God help us. Can you see that? Who does she think she is? Do you know, can you imagine the gospel? Do you know what? Do you know what I saw? Do you know what? And then for her leave and come back. You know. You know what he said. Look at this. I'll never forget this. He said Gomer was caught between the push of the church and the pull of the world. I want to say that again. How many people dealing with something are caught trapped between the push of the church? We don't want you. We don't need you. We don't like your kind. We don't, you got, I'm not condoning anything. I'm talking about people that need Jesus. I'm not talking about who we are to reflect that. And, and, and so, I, well, I got to stop. That's a whole other sermon. That's a good sermon right there. Somebody needs to preach. Caught between the push of the church 
in the cold of the world. That's a lonely place, isn't it? Okay, so let's keep going. So, so in the Old Testament, we see that. In the New Testament, in Ephesians, he says, I, to help you understand Christ and the church, it's like a man and a wife. He's the groom. The church is his bride. He gave himself for it. To, to, to lessen marriage between men and women, to lessen gender between male and female, is an insult to the image of God. It's a misplacing of this whole thing that he gave us to understand, all right? So there's no substitute for it. You cannot come up with any other substitute for marriage between a man and a woman. From the biblical perspective, there's nothing to substitute for that. God intended this relationship to be between be intimate between a man and his wife, to be the, the sexual relationship only to fall in marriage, only be between a husband and a wife. Uh, uh, premarital sex is wrong. It mars the image of what God is doing. Extramarital sex is wrong. Adultery is wrong. Pornography is, is, is violating all those things as well as homosexuality. And so what happens to us? Adam and Eve fail. They sin. And, and because of that, our, 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 uh, our relationships, <laughs> relational sins, envy, lies, hatred, violence, rage, gossip. Anybody with me? Disobedience to authority. And then sexual sin, marriage, uh, sex outside of marriage, I just said, pornography, homosexuality, rape, lust, fantasy. All those things are wrong. They all come from the same origin. So any sex outside of a marriage between a man and a woman is displeasing to God. It disagrees with the Bible. Any variety of that. And, and, and we have to understand that. Uh, th- there is nothing else that compares to that. In the same way, this is a little, try to be careful of this, what God designed marriage between a man and woman to be and the ability to love and be intimate, reflect his image, the, the, the incredible, uh, you know, in Proverbs, uh, one of the things Solomon, the wisest man ever lived under the anointing of the Holy Spirit says, there are some things I can't understand. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I can't fathom how this works. And one of them, what he said, is the way of a man with a maiden. There's something about the relationship of a man and a woman that, that, that words don't work well. You know, this, this ability that God made when we function together as he created us, it, it, it really is something that, that we can't define and describe. And if we try to do that any other way, it's wrong. So thinking of this beautiful relationship of man and woman created by God, marriage reflecting his image and relationship with us, uh, and the ability to even create a life out of that. Can you see God? He's the giver of life. See how this whole thing works? And so to try to say... Any kind of physical relationship between two people of the same sex is such a disfigurement of God's original plan. It's such uh, an absolute obvious imitation that doesn't even come close. So what we have to understand is is the original intent of God. I I, I had to get that to you. I wanted you to get that. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Now let's read some very, very clear things from Scripture. All right? Uh, again, it's, 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 I've tried to introduce and share some things with you, but let me, let me give you some very clear scripture. Very important here, all right? Very clear scripture. Let's go to Romans chapter 1 and, and, and take a look at what, what the Bible tells us, all right? Um, there's, I'm just watching. I'm, we're, we're okay. Let, let's just go to verse 18, Romans 1, 18, because I think we see this whole picture. Because what I want to do... Is, is help you understand um, uh, that homosexuality is a byproduct of the fall of man. No, I know that's a, boy, that's a big pushback on a lot of people. Uh, 
You know, in fact, I, I, let, let me push something at you and see if you can think of this. I think probably the most accurate term, more than somebody is a homosexual, I think people, people get trapped in homosexuality and, and, and that sin and that lifestyle. See, I don't believe anybody was born to be a homosexual. I believe the involvement comes in that lifestyle. Um, and so how do we get there? It's like many other things. Let's look at this. Let's look at our own lives, Romans 1.18. The wrath of God. God's not happy with this stuff we're about to talk about, okay? And, and before I get through reading this, we all might need to do a little repenting, and I'm deadpan serious on that. No, I'm not trying to be funny. All right? The wrath of God, I don't want to be on the wrong side of God's wrath. All right? Is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men. Look at this. This is where we are. This is such a picture today. Who suppress the truth by their own wickedness. Okay? Don't talk about truth. Isn't that what's happening today? It's what's, why this is under assault. Because I don't want to deal with my wickedness, so I just suppress truth. Yell, scream, holler, you know, do whatever we do because I don't, I don't want to deal with me. Let's suppress the truth, okay? That's what God's against, suppressing of truth. Verse 19, since, look at this. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. I gave you a long introduction to get to this verse. For since the creation of the world, creation, how God made us, okay, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, His divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Do you see that what God made, a creation, man, woman, marriage, the, the universe, when you look at what God created, how God created it, you cannot miss God in that. And to try to change that is denying Him as Creator. Okay, so let's keep going. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as their God nor gave thanks to Him. Being unthankful is dangerous. Whether you're a, uh, you know, card-carrying member, Bible name on your Bible of Calvary Assembly, or anybody else, when you stop being thankful, you start allowing yourself to think in wrong ways. I'm just reading the Word. They neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking, what happens when we stop recognizing God? Your thinking becomes futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay? Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And exchange. Exchange is not a forced thing. It's a decision you make. I have something, and I know what it is, and I don't want it anymore. And I'm going to trade it for something else. That's what you understand what I'm talking about? A process of decision. They exchanged it. We exchanged this. Okay? Keep reading. The glory of the mortal God for images made to look like mortal man. And birds, animals, reptiles. Look at this. Verse 24. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts. So God said, okay. I, you got free will. This is what you want. I'll let you go. So what happens? Watch this downward march. He, he gave them over. He didn't say he did it. He didn't make them. He said, I can't stop you. I gave you free will. I, I take my hand off. So what happened? Their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged, there's that word again, it's a transaction. 
They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. That's biblical terms, guys. That's clear. If you have a third grade reading capacity, you understand exactly what that means. There's no gray area there, okay? So we have to establish that. But let's not stop unless somebody becomes judgmental. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed. Now, he's not just talking about homosexuals here. He's talking about people who exchange the truth about God and say, I don't want you, God. I don't want your word. I don't want the truth. I'm going to cover truth. I'm going to suppress it. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to go my way. I don't want anybody to tell me what's right or wrong. I want to do what I want to do. Okay? That's what, I, that's what I'm reading about, okay? Homosexuality is one of the things that happen. It's not the only thing. <clears throat> they have become filled with every kind of wickedness. Are you ready for the list or you want me to just stop? Okay, you asked for it. Evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. Look at this. They invent ways of doing evil. Is that not where we live today? Do people do things? Or you? I, I, I hear things and I'm like, who thought of that? How did you ever get to that place? Dear God. Okay, let's keep going. Look at this. We should, I should have the youth in here to help you. Look at this. In that list, they disobey their parents. Gee. All right. They are senseless. Faithless, heartless, ruthless, although they know God's righteous decrees that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do those very things, they also approve of those who practice them. 2018, in many levels. All right? Now, let me, let me go to another couple of, of scriptures I have here real quickly. Uh, I want to go to, um, uh, let me see, while we're in the New Testament... I, I want to go over here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. That'll be the next book in your Bible going right. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. All right? Verses 9 and 10. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. All right? Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Not everybody's going to go to heaven. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, adulterers, you with me? That's with that sex outside marriage, nor idolaters, nor immoral, sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Are you ready? Now watch this. And that's what some of you were, not are. 
Do you get me? Were, but, so how did we get out of those traps? You were washed. You were sanctified. That's the work of the Holy Spirit daily, making you more like Christ. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. God took you, accepted us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Aren't you thankful for transformation? See, if, if, if we take transformation out of the gospel, we don't have a gospel. Okay, let me give you, let me give you another. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Timothy 1, 9. All right, please turn there with me. 1 Timothy 1, 9. Again, I'm not trying to say I have every answer why people get involved in this. But you can see many things here. But we have to clearly understand what does God say about this. If we're not clear about is this acceptable or not acceptable, right or wrong, then, then, then we have no foundation to try to help administer to people or, or speak with and pray with authority for help. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. We also know that law is made not for righteous but for the lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine. Now, gee, I'm not trying to just be harsh, but the, the word pervert here translated in this translation, uh, if you throw, in King James, it says homosexual so here here's here's where we come back to this all right and 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 what i want you to see so we see the scriptures we see the scriptures they're they're abundantly clear and so we have to begin to to look at this and 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 say how do we live in this world with this increase with this issue among many others and how do we handle this well let's start we start with the word of god the Bible is clear. Homosexuality is not an acceptable lifestyle. The Bible says it's a sin. It says adultery is a sin. Premarital sex is a sin. And so we, we come with people, and, and we, we deal with these kind of things. People say, well, you know, uh, I, I feel, you know, that's, I'm attracted to that person. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm attracted to not my fault. I'm attracted to something. Well, wh- where do you stop that? You know, I've, I've heard people say, all my, you know, I've heard people, you know, that said, I've always wondered what it was like to shoot someone. Was well, that okay? Just because you wonder what it was like? And where do we stop that? I, I've, I've heard people say, well, all my life uh, as, a, as an adult, I've been attracted to children. I'm a pedophile. That, that's, that's my attraction. Was that, so that's okay? Because you felt that way? Where, 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 do you, you know, where do we stop that? We, we have to go back to a standard. You know, is it, is it because I feel that way? Uh, you know, I, you know we, we changed... We've changed all the things. We take a man now who's unfaithful to his wife. He's got a lot of girlfriends. He's just, he, he's not an adulterer. He's a player. So that's right. Change the name. Change the rules. We just change the name. So where do we go with that? So you see what we're doing. It's, it's, in, it's in many areas. And, and so we have to say, we have to come back to this and say, you and I are not the standard. It's not what I'm tempted by. You know, so so somebody, do we say these ladies that are that are being that are del- saved, delivered, and filled with the Holy Spirit, and are getting ready to live the best life out of our recovery ministry? Do we say because they have an attraction to alcohol? Well, I was born that way, and it's okay. We don't do it for that. 
You say, well, because I've got an attraction to, you know, what, what are we going to do? We, we're going to have the marijuana Christians? Weed Christians? Weed Assembly of God? Weed Sunday school class? Because it's legalized in California? Weed class? Why? Because I feel attracted to weed. You understand? We're not the measure. We can't say it's okay because I'm attracted to that. We can't say it's okay because I feel that way. Now listen, there are people genuinely, I want to tell you something. There are people in churches today who are genuinely dealing with same-sex attraction. I can't, I can't give you all the reasons why. There's a variety of things. Some nobody knows. But we have to go to Scripture. Let's start there. What does Scripture say? That's not a Christian lifestyle. That's not acceptable. You, just, I, what do we say? There's some things where you won't inherit the kingdom of God. You can't practice an ungodly lifestyle and expect to inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? So, but there are people genuinely dealing with this issue. So how does the church respond? This is truth. We're here. Let's pray. Let's walk with God. Let's trust God. Let's, you understand, like any other issue. I, I told these ladies today, I'm not proud of this at all. Wish I had never been a knucklehead. But I had a season in my life as a young man where I was a prodigal son. I grew up in a great home. And I turned my back on God and, and, and lived a sinful lifestyle. But here's what I know. And I told them, I never change, they can't change. Uh, if, if you want to live a lifestyle of this to serve God. I don't have any, I, I have never had one sip, not one sip of alcohol in over 40 years. Because I don't want to take two sips. Now I know that rattles some of you and you're going to have to find your way. But I'm just telling you about me. Not a sip. Not a sip. I don't take wine in communion when I'm in other places. Now I say, well, Pastor, good grief. That's all right. I'm talking about me right now. Just trying to help you see where I'm at. Why? Because I don't want to open the door. I don't want to start on this thing. You know, I, 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 I'm just not going to do it. Because I've been there and I don't want to go back. You understand? And here's what I know. I've never been here long enough. I've never served God long enough to where I can say, oh, I, look, I've earned me some brownie points. I'm a Christian. I'm the pastor. You know, I, listen, I can handle it. No, I can't. No, I can't. And I don't want to find out what it is, where my limit is, what it is. I'm not going to find out. Okay. So here's the deal. You can't say, we can't say, well, I'm attracted to this. I'm attracted to that. It, it, when we start this, guys, it's such a slope then where does the Bible come in our lives as Christians? See? So we need to be compassionate. I believe there are people that genuinely love the Lord and are struggling with this in their life. But they have said, God, I accept your word. I understand that's not right. And, and, and so I say no to that. And I'm going to walk this out. And, and, and they have a sincere issue. These ladies are learning to build uh, strength to say no to alcohol, say no to drugs. To, and so they're building. They're, they're, that's why it's not a one-day program. It's a 12-month program. We're trying to build them up so that they have the strength and the spiritual strength to walk out of here. Because this is what I tell them. In their lives, the only person that may have changed is you. The drug dealers are still there. Your family that takes drugs may still be there. Your old friends are still there. You may be the only person that changed in this year. And so we're praying that you accept Christ, meet Christ, are, are, are forgiven, healed, delivered, and strengthened so you can go walk this life out. And if we're willing to work with them through the process, we should be willing to work with somebody else in the process who's willing to be honest and go, go for it. But we never help you walk out of the lifestyle until we say, yeah, the Bible says that's not right. Now, 
I'm going to help you and disciple you and work with you, and let's walk our way through this thing. Okay? So what do we say? How do we do that? Uh, you know, uh, are homosexuals welcome to come to Calvary? Yes. What, we don't have a sin uh, screener on those doors out there. I don't know how many would. It might be interesting some Sunday to see what goes off, you know. <laughs> Not going to do it. Not like Holy Ghost TSA, you know, you got to walk through there. And you're like, my God, I hope nothing goes off. And, of course, you know, it might change things. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? But just a thought. So, so would a homosexual person be welcome to Calvary? Yes, they'd be welcome. Would we, would, if, they're, if, if they're an active homosexual, would we condone their lifestyle? No. Would, 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 you know, when I say somebody's welcome, it doesn't mean I condone it. It means come hear the gospel. You know, we're going we're gonna to treat you the way Christ treats you. We're going to treat you the way Christ treated the woman called the adultery. Hey, go and sin no more. Let your, let, let your life be changed. We'll walk with you through the process. We're not going to condone it. We're not going to excuse it, just like these other areas. And so when we see what Scripture says, then, then, then you know, we're going to need to make some clear, definite uh, ways we apply this would go to our life. And, you know, here's the bottom line. I want to say, we're, we're out at 7.45 now that we got our new format out, so everybody relax. Quit looking at 7. It's 7.30 and it's 7.45, right? Here's what we do. Here's what we do. I want you to see this. Isn't the greatest good news of the gospel not only that I'm forgiven, but that my life changes? Isn't that the good news of the gospel? That my life changes. And if we fail to share that gospel with someone, if we fail to say, your life can change. Your life can change. Then we've taken the heart of the gospel away. I want you to stand with me. I want our musicians, everybody, all the musicians and singers to come back. Stand. Come on. Don't, don't leave. You'll disrupt the children's classes, all right? So stay with me. I don't want you barging in on them right now, all right? Here, here's what I want to do. Now, man, I'm running close. And I had... We got a number. Put the number up. Let me show you this number. All right. Look at this. Text your questions to this. Got questions right here. I've got, we've got this little thing going. And uh, if you'll text a question, if you've got something right now, you're trying to say, Pastor, I'm trying to deal with this. All right. Uh, my goal is try to answer these questions in real time. So, and we're going to do that on these nights. All right. Now, again, if you send me crazy question. I'm going to act like I didn't see it, all right? I'm going to always tell you the truth. All right, good or bad, I'm just going to tell you the truth. But that number, and then, and then after tonight, he goes back off to next Wednesday night. He got me, so I'm not getting 3,800 questions. You, you got to tell you the truth on that, too. So it's, that's over in just a few minutes. For my peace of mind, for, you know, I got to preach Sunday. Get ready, okay? So that's going to be over. But that's that's there. If there's something really in your heart right now that we need to give an answer to, I've got so much information here. Would you like for me to take one more week to finish this subject on this? I'm going to do that one more week. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to start off next week. We're going to put this up real quick, and I'm going to answer your questions in live time, okay? Right right here. So you'll put me on the spot. I'm going to do my best, and and come out of this word alright you got that now that'll come back up next Wednesday and again it's going to go dead after tonight does that make sense so you, you, you gotta 
got to be here next Wednesday. Or, you know, our guys on Facebook Live and live stream, they, they can join in and be a part of this. All right, here's what I want you to do. Let's go. Let's, I want this, this song we're going to sing. Let's look at the words of this right now. Let's think about what we sing. Let's think about how we worship. Go ahead. Let's, let's put these up. Look, here's we wait. We seek your face. Come and make your throne upon our praise. Let's go to the next one. All right. Here in this place, have your way. The moment that we see you, we're changed. See, the whole issue that we're, uh, that we're uh, dealing with right now is that God, if we surrender to him, you understand that? If we keep fighting to defend our sin, fighting to defend our, uh, our issue. Man, can, can you imagine? I, I think about this. A parent whose child is, is caught up in the homosexual lifestyle. On one hand, man, I'm, I, I guess I'm compassionate. I deal with people all the time. I know that parent doesn't want to hear that that lifestyle won't inherit the kingdom of God. But is the alternative to say it's just all right? Do we change it because it's my child? Do we, do we rewrite the Bible because it's my family? You understand? Where does that stop? Do, 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 we, do we throw the Bible away because it's getting close to me? Or we just say, here's the word of God. How do we, with grace and love, help you? Come on, put it back up. Have your way. The moment we see you, what happens? We're changed. Let's go to the next one. This next one. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender, we fall down. Do you realize it's the glory of God to change us? That's the glory. That's the God factor to change us, right? Go ahead. Keep going. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Did anybody here have any habits when you got saved? I had some habits. Are are any of them broken? Anybody get over those? How did that happen? God, here's my heart. God, I can't change this. Listen, I tell people, people tell me, people say, Pastor, look, I like this sin. I have to tell you, I like this sin, but I don't want to go to hell. I said, well, you got a choice then, bud, don't you? But here's what I found out. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. But after a while, it also says the wages of sin is death. And here's what I tell people, payday's coming. And you don't want to be there because the wage of sin will ruin your life. So sometimes our carnal nature likes something. It seems to be okay. I've always felt like this. I have compassion for that. But truth sets us free. Okay? Let's keep going. Let the earth burning hard be holy ground. Let's just go. Chain. Oh, now, now, now. Here, see? Chains fall. Fear bow. Here. Now, Jesus do you believe that? You change some things, half of things, everything. Either he can do that or he can't do that. Either that's the word or it's not the word. All right? I'm going to do it a little next week. Maybe how we get some of these places. Uh, woo, look at these things. Is phone sex a sin? 
I'll, I'll answer that next week. That'll bring you back, won't it? I might not come back, but you might come back. You know what? We're just real people trying to get this figured out, aren't we? But so, so that they invent ways. They invent ways. Who in the round world? You lost your mind. You lost your mind. Sorry. What about being fruitful to multiply and having children? Was that before the original sin? So we're going to answer some of these questions, right? I got those two to start off with. I want to help us understand how to stand firm for truth and love people at the same time. We live in a world that's inventing. Would you have ever thought back in the days when you were dialing that rotary phone, somebody's going to have a sexual act on that thing? I'm sorry to... Come on. Come on. Who in the world thought that up? It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I know I told you Grandma wouldn't like tonight, but we're going to get it right. Let's sing this song tonight. And let's say, God, you know what I believe? I believe a person struggling with homosexuality but really wants to be set free, if they see you change, they might think God can change me. If they see me stop gossiping, they might believe God can set them free. If they'll see me stop being prejudiced and making little off-color jokes, they might think God can set me free, right? If they'll hear me stop saying, I hate the Democrats and I hate the Republicans, they might think God can change their life, right? Just you think we might give them hope because they see us still changing? Might that help somebody?